This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi Williams. The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshner. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today, we begin with the major deal news of the week. Nike has spent a multi-year partnership with Liverpool Football Club replacing New Balance as the club sponsor and official jersey provider. All right, now, Barr, as you know, because we have discussed this before, the interesting part of this story is not that Liverpool has a deal with Nike. Right. They struck that deal a while ago. At the time, New Balance, the incumbent, said, whoa, 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 we have the right to match any offer. That's right. Right? So it was sort of stuck in limbo while they went to court to see who indeed could have this contract for the Liverpool uh, shirt sponsorship, well, whole kit sponsorship. Well, the interesting part and the sports business part of this that is extremely interesting is that the judge ruled that there was no way New Balance, even if the money was the same, there was no way that New Balance could match Nike's offer. And it comes from a marketing perspective because Nike's offer promised to use, quote, global superstar athletes like Serena Williams, LeBron James, and also influencers like Drake, all Nike endorsers, in marketing the deal. In other words, and what people are forgetting is that the marketing part of it is worth a lot of money Exactly. Also. So now you wonder what becomes of the language in all of these deals. How do you account for one company's ability to use one specific person or to I mean, you really wonder how do you now draw up these contracts? Or do you just say, do you have to go the other way and just say, when we say match, it's strictly on financial terms? Yeah, I think that's the answer, right? You need to be more specific about the way this is. Because if you are, I mean, very few, and maybe Adidas is the only one, if these are the new standard by which, you know, you compete for these things under the old, you know, contract rubric, people aren't going to be able to compete with Nike, right? Contract rubric? I bet no Williams. New Balance can't offer the same marketing. No, nobody can. Nobody can, exactly. Nike Nike does it so much bigger. Supply chain to everything else. No, nobody can. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, this is a a bummer for for New Balance on a number of, right? They, they, They got with Liverpool before Liverpool became one of the best, if not the best team uh, in the world. Um, and, you know, from from what you know, the court documents say, Nike was offering less money, right? This is, you know, the, the New Balance had to open its wallet to get this deal and, and to try to continue it. Um, and yeah, and, and just by definition of, of what Nike can do marketing-wise, uh, they're now on the outside. And we should also point out, LeBron James, by the way, is also a part owner of Liverpool as an investor in Fenway Sports Group. <laughs> so he certainly had a... Uh, a rooting interest in this case. Let's turn to American football now, where rookie coach Matt Rule has signed a seven-year, $60 million deal with the Carolina Panthers to join the NFL's elite and become one of the NFL's highest-paid head coaches. I have been salivating to be able to say the rule is the exception. <laughs> and now we finally... What, are you really grown? Uh, I got, uh, <laughs> you thought... 
in in in. I'm not even gonna say. It. I was gonna, <laughs> not I, even gonna say. I, I was, I'm gonna make fun of you next week uh, from what we got on on <laughs> Thursday's show. But for this one, I'm gonna let it go. For every everybody, if you want to laugh at Michael Barr, tune into Thursday's show because he's got a, a bar whopper, which which I love. But yes, Matt Rules making what eight point six million dollars a year annually, yeah, and that's, he's that's never been an NFL head coach. He might even get more. So this is the guy who coached Baylor for the past two years had had a very good year this year down in Texas. Uh, but yeah, his his first ever head coaching contract in the NFL is is one of the richest in in the league right now, right? So so he's sixth right now in uh, in terms of where coaches get paid, and the five above him, uh, Scott Michael, some pretty big names here: Bill Belichick. Heard of him. Pete Carroll. Heard of him. John Gruden. Heard of him. Sean Payton. Heard of him. John Harbaugh. Heard of him. All five of those all guys. Super Bowl winners. Yeah. Have won Super Bowls. Exactly. There we go. They've all hoisted that trophy. Well, let me ask a question. What what changed Matt Rule's mind of going to the New York Giants? And what did we just say? Eight point six million dollar a year. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. The money but. certainly helps, and, and so that's a that's a seven year, sixty million dollar deal, right? And according to ESPN, depending on how the team does, that could even rise as much to to, to seventy million, right? So he could even leapfrog John Harbaugh and Sean Payton on this list uh, if the team hits all those metrics, Worth. right? So that's both the both the total dollars yeah. and the length of the contract. That that's a pretty lucrative deal. Worth pointing out that the Panthers are owned by David Tepper, mm-hmm. yep. multi billionaire. Uh, just bought the team for. $2.3 billion, uh, certainly not afraid to make investment. But again, let's look at the business part of the sports business. One of the basic tenets of business, more bidders means more money. Having the Giants lay in wait certainly pushed some, a sense of urgency on David Tepper to get the person he wanted. And uh, apparently it was one of those situations where it was, we're not going to let you leave. You're, you're my guy, and we're not letting you leave, and we're going to get this done. And they did. Mm-hmm. And then I would say also, how many times have we talked about the show about stability, right? And the example I always go back to, uh, the Utah Jazz, and how Jerry Sloan never won the NBA championship. Came close, lost in the finals right. to Michael Jordan a couple of times, you know. But every every fan will be like, "Well, we never won." Oh, I'm sorry, you lost to one of the greatest, two of the greatest teams of all time. You know, you had Stockton and Malone, and you just couldn't beat Michael Jordan. But Jerry still didn't get fired. It, it just didn't operate That's that true. way. The yeah. co- the the owner of the team, uh, Larry Miller at the time, he backed his coach, and everybody who played for the Utah Jazz knew that the coach had the owner's support. And it's important. We've seen all these teams that change coaches every year. They never win, right? If I play for the Carolina Panthers right now, and I have a dispute, even though he's a rookie coach, whatever, if I have a dispute with Matt Rule next year, and he is backed by a however many years, $70 million deal, guaranteed, unlike the player contracts, guaranteed, do you get a sense that that coach ain't going anywhere? I better figure out a way to make it work, or else my tuchus is the one going to get shipped out. Another great way to put that, I mean, we talked about this, about the Steelers a couple weeks ago when we had Jim Rooney on, right? The Steelers, and you mentioned this, Michael, it blew my mind. They've How had, many coaches? Yeah. They've had three coaches since 1969, yeah, right? It's yeah. it's Noel, it's Cower, and, and now it's Tomlin, right? And, and they've been one of the most successful franchises in, in NFL in that entire, you know, 50, 60-year span. Speaking of which, by the way, the Giants are looking like they're going to hire Joe Judge. 
uh, who is the uh, Patriots coordinator. Yeah, everyone's going, who? Yeah, yeah. it's like, what, who? Right. Probably <laughs> so, not going to get Matt Rule. In, in all fairness, yeah. Matt Rule to me was a who also. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know who Baylor's coach was. But, I mean, I knew more of Matt Rule than I did of Joe Judge. Yeah, okay. But, you know, so you could say New York has I know. another judge what in a, blast. What, 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 ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, I, I'm surprised nobody said anything about Tuckers. But what, what do we know about Rule and Judge? What do they have in common, Barr? They have never been a head coach. Keep going. In, in the NFL. Keep going. Keep going. I'm leading you a segue here, Brian. Uh, oh, I see where you're going with this here. And yes, I do have to ask this. Ask. Which brings up the situation. Uh, what has happened in the NFL of getting minority head coaches? Evan brought up Rooney. I mean, we had him on the show. We have the Rooney rule. I, I just, it's not, you have the Rooney rule, but it's not, if it doesn't result in hiring, what good is it? Yeah. So we can give the background real quick. In 2003, you know, realizing that there was a big problem in terms of, you know, having minority coaches of color in the ranks of the NFL, you know, the NFL passed a rule essentially saying that teams had to interview at least one candidate of color for every open head coaching rule. And right, that's since been expanded beyond just coaching to, I think, all the different tiers, front office levels of power, et cetera. Um, But, you know, we sit here now 16 years after that rule was passed. Uh, if the Giants and, and, and the last open vacancy, the, the, the Browns, if they both hire white coaches, we're going to end up with four minority coaches in the league, right? One of which Ron Rivera, who was just hired by the Redskins. Um, and if you dive into the numbers, it does not seem as though the Rooney rule is having the effect that the NFL maybe thought it was going to have back when, right? And we've heard a lot about, you know, when the when the Oakland Raiders hired John Gruden, for example, right? They were talking about John Gruden being their guy the whole time, right? And and to get it to, to satisfy the Rooney rule, right? They reportedly interviewed one of their own assistants very quickly, you know, kind of a just a symbolic talk just, just to, to satisfy say that they, the they, rule, that they right. did it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of problems with the rule itself, and I imagine, you know, that there's a lot of talk this week about it. There may be some changes happening. What do I talk about? In the all the time people process and product right yeah. okay so the product is the coaches they're all qualified obviously you have many many fine the people they are who they are the process let's again look at the process you have assistant coaches right now on playoff teams that theoretically and realistically cannot take time away from their team to go interview for a job and eric Bieniemy is one of them that's the one everybody is pointing to right now mm-hmm. he's working yeah everybody's like what about Bieniemy? okay but so you have to change the process first of all make a process that works for all and then second of all, I, I think you got to uh, somehow with these owners meetings, you've got to get into, th- I think it's going to change, by the way, as the owners change, as things change. It didn't in Tepper this time, but I think it's going to change. But you hear, oh, I just wanted, you know, the best person. We want the best person. But that should that not result in more women being hired, more minorities being hired? If you really want the best person person we're still not seeing that reflected in the numbers well you brought up just simply about the using the math involved here the end of the season is obviously until the super bowl which yeah. is around the beginning of february but once someone fires a coach they want to fill they that fill vacancy right away, right away. Right. yeah i so, mean as the playoffs are going on right so it's i don't see how that problem is going to get solved. Every year, Richard Lapchick, the human rights activist and, and professor down in, uh, in Central Florida, puts out report cards, gender and racial report cards for all the big leagues. The NFL, the most recent report card came out a few months ago, uh, had its worst racial and gender hiring number that it's received in the past 15 years. Whoops, so, going the so wrong to way. Put that in perspective. Yeah, the NFL is going the wrong way. I think there's certainly an argument to be made that you know a lot of this onus is on 
owners themselves, right? I mean, if owners can fix this very quickly, right? Rooney rule or no Rooney rule, whatever the way they want to change it or not, you know, there necessarily shouldn't have to be a rule here right. to make this happen, right? So, it's so just good business. Yes, I think it's good business. And and clearly, you know, I think there, there is a problem right now at the NFL ownership level. Uh, I will also say, you know, college ranks have a big role in this as well, right? Colleges don't do much better, if better at all, than the NFL does in terms of promoting coaches of color. And as we see, Matt Rule, a perfect example, you know, oftentimes a head coaching vacancy in the NFL, they're looking down who the bright minds are in college, right? So, you know, it's not just the NFL, it's also college, but the feeder system is also largely white, and that's continuing to feed uh, the, the top level. I like Amy Trask. She said it never should have been the Rooney rule. It should have been the Al Davis rule. Uh, way back yeah. when, Al Davis, not only did he hire a female CEO well ahead of his time, right. but he's also had black coaches. Right. Uh, uh, maybe maybe it should be the Al Davis rule. Or, or it wasn't just win baby. Or maybe it was. Maybe Al realized the whole mantra of just win baby. You know how you just win? Get the best. You get the best. And that's a wide pool of candidates, diversity, mm-hmm. different thoughts. Maybe Al was on to something back then. For Would- folks who are curious about you know diving deeper into the Rooney Rule, the Undefeated did a, a really interesting data dive into it earlier this year, um, or earlier last year, 2019. And one of the things that they found is that you know a lot of the coaches of color who get hired are often getting the absolute worst, worst jobs, jobs. Right. right? So they have much less job security because they end up on teams that are you know two and fourteen or three and thirteen, and and they end up washing out of that job quicker because the team is is just bad. How the Cleveland right? so Browns doing a, this year? <laughs> not great <laughs> right okay just check um, but yeah so How the Bengals so there's, doing there's a lot of like different tiers here yeah, just checking there's a lot of different tiers here in terms of not just hiring a coach but the types of jobs that they get the job security they get the way they can get rehired again in the future before we wrap this up you you touched on it briefly scott in our lifetime will we ever see a female head coach for in the nfl or for a men's collegiate football team Football. You see, I was hoping you were going to say like all the major leagues, and I was going to say yes, football, major football in my lifetime. Since I'm ex, no, it'll happen. I think in, in college, long before it happens in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but but not I would, in my life, I, I don't see it in my life. In college, possibly, certainly in lower tiers, maybe not Division One FBS, but maybe in lower tiers. But yeah, I, I mean, I think basketball has done, a, I think, a very good job. Of, of very quickly promoting female coaches. I, wrote, I think it, it might not be that far away. I wrote a column years ago when the Knicks were at their, well, I can't even say lowest point, when the Knicks were low, <laughs> still low. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Donnie Walsh, very well-respected basketball executive, and the Knicks had a coaching, a coaching vacancy. And uh, I said, uh, there's a qualified women's basketball coach at the University of Tennessee, you know, y'all might have heard of her. Yeah. Um, how how about? Do, do we think perhaps that Donnie? No. One of the, and then he said, "Oh, you're gonna try and get me in trouble." Like I'm like, uh, I'm like, no, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I'm just like, she's not looking at Pat Summit at all. Not looking like just, one of the best ever. The, the coach uh, every, anything. Every anybody I ever talked to, man, woman, play uh, anybody you talk to, universally lauded Pat Summit as. A great basketball coach. Female, male, didn't matter. She was a great basketball coach. Why was she never even interviewed for a job? One of the best games ever in collegiate basketball, uh, obviously, when Pat Summit up against Gino Oriana. 
man, that was that was that was must watch TV. Yeah, I I loved it. So I agree with you. Uh, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Mike Labar, along with Scott Soschnick and Evan Ovi Williams. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week. We're speaking with Ben Sterner, CEO, founder of the Leverage Agency. He's bringing Harvard and Yale to Madison Square Garden this week. Hockey. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world, and online, wherever you get your podcasts.